What this? What this? We're gonna call this. Y'all had to be here home alone, nigga. <laughs> home alone. Man. Everybody got two creepy ass white dudes trying to get them. Huh? Y'all had to zoom here. Y'all had to zoom here. That's what that's what you gotta call the homies over. Hey nigga, y'all need to zoom here right now. Right. <laughs> These two creepy white dudes trying to get me. Here's that lighter. I'm definitely shoot. I'm gonna shoot both of them. I'm gonna I'm gonna open the door. Like, come in and shoot me, nigga. I'm gonna you let me use it yesterday. Oh, Marcus Damn. talking to people in his vicinity. Oh no, this nigga. Mark. <laughs> he like he had a fucking house party. He got a forty in his hand. Marcus, <laughs> nigga. My bad. I'm trying to get situated. Man, nigga, you been right, had time here. to do that. <laughs> Man, that shit wasn't working. I'm here. I'm with it. Y'all have to be here. We here. The return of Marcus. Right. Welcome, man. Episode, what, 25? 24. 24. 24. Shit. For you, I think it's like 19. <laughs> right. Damn. I think it's still, you, yeah, you got held back. You got held back. I got held back a couple of grades. <laughs> Hell no. <nah. laughs> that ain't how it worked. Yeah, nigga, you can't you, you can't graduate with us, nigga. You gonna... <laughs> oh, no, this, nah. is group, this is a group project. Yeah, nigga, you gonna you gonna have to do you gonna have to do some summer school, nigga. <laughs> we about to be at the beach with all the hoes, nigga. You to be nigga, nigga. No damn well, I wasn't there talking about you read first. Like, yeah, nigga. That's that's when the pecking order starts. That's how you learn about that shit, nigga. In group group projects, it's like, nah, nigga, I'm the chosen one, nigga. Y'all do this shit. Y'all do this shit. I'm better than y'all. Hell yeah. How you feeling, Marcus? How you been? Man, what do I even fucking start? It's been wild. I mean, the biggest thing that I have to deal with is the cold weather. Like, there's not enough preparation for this. I need gloves. I bought gloves. I bought like some bodega gloves. Them hoes disappeared like yeah. in the wind. I like bet. they disintegrated. They disintegrated. Like they dis- they, were, they was on my hand. It was like, oh, they was gold. I was like, nigga. So I gotta get some more. I gotta get like some leather gloves. I needed like a, a actual real like bubble fucking coat. I need a like a goose coat or some shit, you know, like neck. Oh, whatever they call but, it. But um yeah, yeah. No, uh, I know what you I know what you need. What's that? To bring your black ass home, nigga. That's what you need. <laughs> oh yeah. Man, you're right, bro. Who go on vacation right. three days? You're right. You right. Hey, I know I know a a, a a African lady off right there at like Union Square. She sells scars. She got good leather gloves and stuff. Like just past the Best Buy. I know who you're talking okay. about. Mm-hmm. She hella nice. Okay. She sell plane tickets. Huh? <laughs> she, I bet she, she sell plane tickets. Yeah. It's been wild, man. The food has been good. I've come across like a lot of good vegan spots. Been yeah, hella awesome. good. Mm-hmm. Um, the comedy shit. I still feel like. All right, I feel like the shows. What? How did I say it? I said it the other day. Uh, the shows that I killed didn't matter, and the ones that matter, I didn't kill. <laughs> Damn. Damn. 
shit. Well, yeah, I just, I just like on, on two shows that were kind of like big shows, I just never felt fully in the pocket. Oh, uh, okay. You know, I just, and it, it, I didn't, it wasn't like a bomb. It wasn't like a fail. It was just like, uh, I wasn't not fully in the pocket. You know how you feel when you're in the groove and I just wasn't mm-hmm. in the groove. So I yes. felt like, damn. And then I fuck around and do a bar show. Nigga, I'm in that bitch. Like, I'm AI or shit, nigga. Yeah. I'm crossing over niggas and shit. I got the whole bar laughing and shit. Just do a random ass. I'm just like, man, where was this yeah. energy two days ago? Yeah. <laughs> from that's TI that's to AI. Right. <laughs> AI, TI. God For damn. For real. Oh, yeah. Only shows that matter is y'all had to be here shows anyway, so. That's real. They really do, <laughs> man. Those are the only ones that are fun. Right. Only ones worth doing. Right. I be saying yes to doing other nigga shows, and I be like, I don't even feel like doing this shit. I don't feel like doing this shit. It's not. It's not the same. It's just not. It's really not the same. Unless I just not, really want to work on. Unless I just really <laughs> work on something. You know what I'm saying? Like, but. I don't. I just, I'm at, all I gotta do is just work on it like once or twice, and it's good to go. I'm just like, all right, well, right, I, right. I need to do right. that. Yeah, I feel it completely. I got this new joke that I wrote on shrooms that I I haven't done it yet because I've only showed people on the phone. I just kind of feel like it's too good to do on another nigga show. I don't even want to do it. Oh, uh, this is the one you <laughs> was at the studio. Yeah. I was going to text you a few days ago, like, nigga, have you done that yet? <laughs> I haven't even done it, bro. Like, I, just, I wrote it on my phone, and I just showed Corey, and the nigga just busted out laughing. Yeah. Like, He's just like, nigga, you're sick. <laughs> but I just like, I don't want to do this on somebody else's show. I just don't feel like Oh, bro, there's a, I don't know. I'm sure you you feel it. There's, I mean, we all do. But there's something to having a joke that you haven't said yeah. out loud yet that it kind of like reserves all, like it's having it like in a fucking time, like a capsule or some shit. Like you reserve yeah. all the funny for it because when you do it for the first time out loud, like you, you end up laughing too because you yeah. end up like, you know, like mm-hmm. I didn't even think it was going to get this ridiculous uh, how yeah. funny this shit is, but it's even more funny hearing it all together for the first time. There's like mm-hmm. a freshness to like saving a joke for when it's ready. There's jokes that I've had in the past where I'm like, I'm gonna wait until I do it in front of these niggas until I'm there, you know, until, yeah. until yeah. we there. Cause it, there's something about it that's just so fun about like in the moment, you know? Yeah, it's very authentic. It's authentic for the audience. And then it's also authentic for you. Yep. That shit is fun. It's like you ripping off the joke. It's like the joke is wrapped in the gift. You ripping off the, the wrapping paper. The wrapping paper, paper, yeah. Cause I did that, I did that slave face joke for the first time. That, that the clip I posted was the first time I did it, and that's why I was laughing too. Cause I I was like, oh damn, I didn't know it was gonna hit like that shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> I know. Cause I didn't. I was just like, how are people gonna respond to this? And so everybody laughed. I had to laugh too. Straight up, yeah, that's how I felt too. And I did the crack, the uh, the crack, crack shit, nigga. Uh, <laughs> that shit had been sitting in my phone for like two years, nigga. Really? Yeah. Damn. It just, no, that's one of my favorite bits of yours, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. That's that shit is so good. It's yeah, such a fire. good bit. Man. It's that's like, why I be like telling Johnny, it. man. 
Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but I was just about to say, Johnny got all these jokes that he'll never be doing. I, 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 got, I was just thinking that I got a gang of jokes I just don't pull out. Gotta do him, man. Like, is, he like, gonna do, is he gonna do this one? Ah, he ain't even do it. I only heard it one time. Damn. Yeah. They're marinating. There's one you did a killer mic that was like amazing. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I was like, I've never heard him do that shit before. That Bernie Mac shit. That Bernie no, Mac one. It's another that one. That's the one I always hold on to. It was one where you could, it was one about like the one of the punchlines is about like scoring in sports at the end. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's I was new at the time. Yeah, that's a really that. yeah. I was like, damn, I ain't ever heard him do that shit before. That shit hilarious. Oh uh, no. He had this like, uh <laughs> if you only do it little... time, it's only so much shit you can remember. Yeah, right, right. For real. For real. I was just thinking about that today, how like back in 2018, this is some weird, I don't want to go off on no weird shit, but I used to do this joke <laughs> about I used to do this joke about Tim Cunningham. Tim Cunningham was a doctor at the CDC in Atlanta who was found in a river, but he was a Navy SEAL. And it was all these weird ass questions around his death. So I did this joke about like, they said he died, he committed suicide because he didn't get a raise. They said he died because he didn't get a raise, so he committed suicide. So I did this joke about, can you imagine being a black employee at the CDC? And then they... (laughs) They'd be like, well, we still got this raise, and it's only like four black people in there. They're like, well, do you want the raise? So you know what happened to the last guy that got the raise. And it's just like, he died on these weird circumstances after saying he was telling the public, don't get a flu shot, because he was like an epidemiologist or some shit. And this is like in 2018. Black dude, black dude, Tim Cunningham out of Atlanta. Huh. But it's like shit like that happens where I hadn't I hadn't done the joke enough or I hadn't got on stage enough to where I forgot about the joke. I completely, you know, wasn't even in my mind. And then it popped back up again like three days ago because of this COVID shit. Yeah. Like, remember what happened to Tim Cunningham? Where is he at? Da, da, da. I was like, I forgot all about this story. And even now you go to YouTube, everybody on the comments are like, this nigga did not kill himself. <laughs> Something happened to this dude. <laughs> It is always weird how, like, really good, I don't know how this happens, but, like, really good stand-up bits, like, either, like, tell the future or, like, reinforce stuff to yeah. where, like, like, Richard Pryor has, like, police brutality jokes that, like, people still right. play when you get killed by the police. And he said yeah. that shit in 76. And yeah, then, like, George Carlin. George Carlin, same thing with, like, his religious yeah, stuff. Yeah, him and Carlin, like, like prophets. Because, yeah. like, people, because, like, somebody was like, how did you write that Meghan Markle joke so fast? The Netflix documentary just dropped. I was like, nigga, I've been talking about her since 2020. Oh, right. Exactly. Bro, that reminds, that reminds me when uh, Snoop Dogg was on Drink Champs and, uh, or 85 South, when he was on 85 South. And it was like, so you wrote the record Murder Was the Case when you gave me? <laughs> right? When you, he was like, nah, nigga, I wrote the record before I got the case. Why would I write a record when I get the case? <laughs> <laughs> what type of nigga what type of nigga get a rap and then rap about the rap he was like no nah, nigga i wrote the record way before that case happened. Great. it just it just so happened think, that it happened like that because i think after that was when he stopped rapping about like violent stuff because he was just like i don't want to rap about this shit no more because it's happening in my life and everything right that's like marcus's joke when he said let me start telling jokes about being in my lamborghini yeah <laughs> stop telling jokes about being in my- yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
keep shit manifesting on me. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're doing a seance on stage, kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. A lot of stuff you say will just be happening. That's mm-hmm. Damn. So this comes, this, this actually brings up a question I've been thinking about right before we got on the call. Is like, how do, how do, like, how do people live through their art after death? Or is that still something that is like feasible for artists or is just only a select few? Like, I mean, given that the people that's passed in the year and then compare them to like people who we actually like remember and we idolize and we kind of like uphold, like even the fact that we're able to bring up, we're able to bring up like a Richard Pryor and Carlin and other people who have these jokes that are so timeless. It's like, does that still exist for our generation? Like, are you gonna, are we gonna be able to still live in our art after death? Like, because it was, I mean, we have these stories of like the Da Vinci's and all these other guys who, some of them were honored during their life and a lot of them weren't honored, but a a good portion of them were still able to be stable in their art form. Yeah. You know, and it's like, we're living in a time period where like, we're not fully stable in our art form. We haven't fully broke through and it's like when people pass, it's it's like all right, we all right, we you know thoughts and prayers. Uh, that shouldn't happen. That's really sad. You know, you remember a couple of things, and then it's like they go. It well, almost feel like Teddy. It almost feel like Teddy Ray passed two years ago. Right. And it was I mean, only a couple of months ago. It's because we're in like this kind of social media content era. So a lot of people's art is just content on their Instagram and your Twitter, right? Yeah. And it's just like. It's from the, it's kind of like a, the simple fact of like, I can't scroll all the way through your stuff to find your best this and that. It needs to just be in one place. So like Richard Pryor has a physical, like my uncle that died a few years ago, he was a huge Richard Pryor fan. I have his live on the Sunstrip, Sunset Strip vinyl, like from Richard Pryor, it's physical in a place. Mm-hmm. And like, that was one of the reasons that I wanted to do a special at like 24. Cause it's like so many, so many niggas I know died at like 25 and 26 and so i was just like well if i do stand up i want to have something out, like out there that lets people know that i was doing this shit when i was 24 or whatever that was like yeah. one of the reasons i, I didn't want to die without people knowing like, i actually did this because like before i put my special out i didn't have any clips of me doing stand up on my social media at all nope. i never posted i never right. posted me doing stand up that's um, real my special was the first time i ever posted me doing stand up on the internet yeah. And so, and so it's just like, and then with the second one, that was one of the reasons why I was like, "All niggas, like, yo, let's get this going, let's get this going." I, I don't, I just like, I like, I don't want to die before this shit comes out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just, like, I do, and I, I was talking to my sister about it. It's like, I do feel like good that like if I did die or something, like I feel like there is enough out there for people to know like what I was doing. But I feel like for most people in our generation, that's not the case because we don't have like things where it's put all into one place we have like a clip here or a podcast here and all this kind of stuff where it's like all the actors we like that are dead you can just go watch the physical movie and shit like that yeah mm-hmm. that's real right like niggas not watching your tiktoks when you die like sorry <clears throat> no they not right right because as, as you die everybody else has tiktoks too yeah so it's, keep it's, getting distracted What's special about that? Yeah. So it's just like right. I'm not. There's nothing. About so it's just like, what do you have that's like authentically you 
outside of social media that shows your art that's special. I feel like everybody in our generation needs to figure that out. So that way you have that put in place, you know, before you leave. Everybody yeah. died. At my funeral, I'm gonna have like a folder. I'm gonna have like a folder of like <laughs> memes and like funny ass videos that I want. <laughs> All right, yeah, they cry, but we gonna laugh at it. You gonna cry, then you gonna fucking a laugh gonna sneak in. You like, oh, oh, oh. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> having having your favorite memes at your funeral is hilarious. Damn, yeah, that's dope. I'm gonna compile that shit. We all gonna be in the back crying. I remember when he said that in the group chat. That nigga. <laughs> Remember that time Darren asked him to delete that shit, man? He didn't delete it, though. <laughs> yeah, delete it. Darren be like, in the, the other group chat, he'd be like, I'll vote this out, nigga. Yeah. I'd be like, hell. Yeah, that last, that last video you put in there, I, I thought about removing you. Hey. <laughs> the internet is a fucking wild place. Like, nigga, so, like today, shit, these past couple of days, man, really this morning, the so this is the hardest day, like getting up and like getting away from my phone. Yeah. But yeah. Like, you in this like you in like this stressed out like like mood, and you just kind of like numb. You don't want to move the fucking phone. It just ugh, fucking internet make it hard to like get off of that shit. I feel like I feel like this week is like one of the like mostly used like social media weeks because everybody's just like at I home. It's break between Christmas to New Year's, pretty much. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's just, you're just kind of in limbo, so it's like, why wouldn't you be on your phone? That's part of the reason why I, I dropped my special this month because people would just be at home. Yeah, yeah. 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 You, remember, you know when uh when they had the Tupac hologram at Coachella, mm-hmm. it'd be crazy if you had a set. You just like someone did a set that's like unreleased, and then at your funeral you do a set as a hologram, but it's never like it's Whoa. all new jokes. We should do a show. We should do a show. All record a set that we want played when we die. Oh my god! That's crazy, bro. It it actually doesn't have to be a hologram. You can just play it, but it's like an unreleased. Like it comes out then. Dog, that Johnny, that's amazing, bro. Play it. Call that shit. Play this when I die, nigga. Damn. Play this when I. That's crazy. But you can add to it too. Like every ten years, you add to it. Add to it. Assuming you're gonna live a you know a longer life, you keep adding to it. It's kind of like a comics will. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, I'm cussing, I'm cussing niggas. That's what we can name the show. (laughs) We can name the show that a comics Comics will. Comics will. The eulogy. Yeah. Yeah. Never you never like the rules of the show is the footage never goes out. Never goes out. And so that way you can compile all the footage. So like let's say you get 10 good minutes every few years. Now you got a whole hour special to play when you die of just stuff yeah. that was said to the that's dope. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. That reminds my, me my of my feeling uh, yeah. gonna be an all day thing, nigga. It's gonna be memes, the special nigga. It's gonna be <laughs> weed vendors there. Yeah, we gotta do that. <laughs> yeah, it is play this when I die. That's a fire show. Yeah, play this when I die. Yeah, that's so this, wild. Like, like basically that. you encourage comedians to come say like things that like Maybe they'll talk about things that maybe I've always been scared to talk about or like, because it's never going to be posted. It's going to stay in that room. Yeah. That's cool. that wow. cool. Damn. Yeah. That's real. And you can, fr- you can like frame the whole thing from like, I'm dead already. Like you're talking from posts, like you're dead at the point. So you're like, yeah. hey guys, thank you for this. This has been a great life. Shout out to this person. You guys remember when this happened? 
right you know like you can make jokes like yeah i'm up here in heaven like so and so is up here i didn't need some shit that's dope yo we gotta do this yeah yeah and then you be like frankie yeah you still owe me money nigga Uh (laughs) (laughs) yo what if you record a set right what if you record a 10 minute set and then the next year you get on the show again you're like actually frankie paid me back that money I thought I was gonna die last year, but I'm here. I'm still here. <laughs> what you can do, what you can do is, what you can do is, like, let's say, like, we built this shit up to where, like, we traveling around, kind of like a don't tell type of shit, right? Yeah. And when someone unfortunately does pass, we could put all their five minute sets together that they done. Let's say they've done right. six of the shows. They done six of the shows. We could put them all together and then just give it to them, give it to the family. I love that. Damn. Yeah, that's fire. I love. Yeah, that. we need some because that's that's, that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, there's nothing, especially in in the space of comedy. There's nothing that like I feel that keeps people or that's going to retain people on that level of remembering someone like a Richard Pryor or George Carlin based off of the material. And there's people who passed in the, this year, but there's people who just died even in the past ten years who's done some really dope prominent shit but it's like is that is it really going to be remembered in the same yeah. way no as, straight up like, I I was happy. it's weird I was happy david arnold got to tape a netflix special you know right before yeah you know and so because it's just like that's the part and that's really kind of on the industry too is just like new up-and-coming comedians don't get specials anymore that's the the whole yeah. the whole model of the comedy special has flipped over the last 15, 20 years. It used to be when people were excited about you, you, you if you killed it in a few clubs and somebody found out about you, you got a half hour special. Yeah. And that was like your coming out party and the next thing you know, you were headlining. Now it's, you got to figure out a way to get famous and then they give you the special instead of the special making you famous. The industry's completely mm-hmm. flipped it because there's no financial for them. They don't see any financial incentive into giving a new comedian a special. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. So you you got people that's five, ten years in the game that's really funny that should like that in the early two thousands would have had a special, but now they don't. You know what I'm saying? But they're really funny. And so like you just basically we got this log jam of these just really funny people in that like five to ten year range in comedy. That's just kind of like, I mean, what do I do? Do I just keep killing these shows or like what's next? But there's nothing next. Mm-hmm. there's literally nothing like i'll be telling people like you gotta make shit because there's like there used to be like this ladder of like all right I'm, i get this no, I that, shit that ladder no- gone. you gotta have some nice to to help you up yeah. climb on the roof nigga somebody got pulled fucking you gotta put there's, nothing, there's just nothing there like really it's just like just making stuff and then hoping the right person sees it that's that's why i just keep making shit yeah, we just got to yeah. And so that's why I encourage people but that's to make a, stuff that's authentic to you. And I'm I'm on that same shit. Definitely make shit, continue to make shit, build, build your own thing. Though I do feel like we're under a different type of pressure because none of my white colleagues have expressed the sensation or the the feeling of having to put out a special. Yeah, they don't have to. 
Not at all. And, and they don't want to. They have no desire like, to. They, they almost don't need to. Because they're being taken care of. And that's where the the like that's where I like where your joke was so perfect. The one that you edited out the special the two yeah. times because I was just thinking about that shit when I sent it. Because that's why that shit it it's so hard on me because it's like bro, but well, we doing the work. We're we're putting the work in. Work that more other people exactly. don't want it exactly exactly overworking work that people don't even feel like they need to do they don't have to do it's not even on their plate or their their pathway to do but meanwhile yeah. we have to do it we have to do that work and still hope that someone dope sees it and be like oh okay i'm gonna i want to be a part of this shit yeah it's Chris like Rock, we just keep waving the flag and mm -hmm. just like if somebody's seeing this flag we, all right we here i mean it sucks i mean chris rock and dave Chappelle didn't direct two short amazing short films by 27 them niggas ain't edited no clips. Them niggas ain't fucking put a, a camera on a tripod and filming no. themselves. They, Them they, they literally just told Angel. jokes on stage. They just That's told jokes. Man, fuck both of them niggas. <laughs> I would tell them niggas to their face. Y'all niggas got privilege too, nigga. Bro, completely. That's why they act Hell like the way they privilege. do. Y'all niggas, y'all so some bitches. How, you, how do you just hang out with Elon Musk as a black person? Just man, that's just weird. That's just weird. Just disconnected. Just weird. But also, it's just like, why do you want to? Why do you want to have the ego to gatekeep in such regard to where it's like it's only these three to four or five comics, where you can actually be a part of something dope by bringing up all these other comics that you don't even know yet that are fucking hilarious and it's going to surpass anything that you've done given the opportunity. That's the thing. I don't know why people are so upset with being surpassed once they've already put something out there. That's great. That's why I, I tell people that I'm funnier than Dave. <laughs> I tell people I, I'm funnier than Dave Chappelle. I, I want to have the chance to be surpassed. Seriously, you got to yeah. be somewhere to be surpassed. You know these, what I'm saying? These, these niggas want comedy to comedy to die after them. After them, that's literally. It feels like it, it almost feels like it's dead. It feels like we go to shows and it's like walking into a fucking ER. Yep. It's, yeah. an, it's, a, it's a morgue. It's a morgue. Dead, Stand up comedy is dead, like straight up. And like, because on the outside looking in, like the main, like people, like, because most people, you got to think, the people that come to our shows and like, that's not mainstream in America. These are like oh. people just somehow found us on these small pockets on the internet. And are kind of right. tapped in, but more majority of America, bro, they get their stand up from Netflix specials, maybe an HBO special sometimes, and then whatever is viral on the internet. It's Netflix. So, it's all Netflix for the most part. Exactly, and so it's like, just like if you're not part crazy. of those two things, then they don't know who you are. They don't. So you got young people that don't even know there's comedians their age talking about this shit that they mm -hmm. go through every day. They think it don't even exist. They think you got to be rich to do this shit. Exactly. They're yeah, used to getting perspectives and uh and uh their different points of views from motherfuckers who are rich or niggas who done made it, niggas who so, don't live a life like them. Right. And exactly. so and then when the industry puts on a young comedian, they're white and straight. They're not even putting white gay comedians on TV like that. Oh, so it's right. just like oh, wow too, because it's like we're also sold the story of like, well, you have to live life, meaning basically you have to struggle. To be even funny, right? Me and Arthur was just talking about this a moment ago, and it's like, why, like, 
why is struggle such a so part of our artistry, especially being black? It's like no matter if it's music or comedy, why is it such a part of our artistry, but not the main part or like any emphasis on that on white comics is part of their artistry? They could just be funny with no holds bars, like I'm just here to be funny. And then black people was like, Well, what's your story? Why are you funny? What what makes you funny? And it's like you've been through all these struggles. My mom was a crackhead. My dad was a dope. You right. and, they, and they be like, <laughs> when they hear that shit, tell me, oh, your mama's crackhead? You need to talk about that. Yep. That's funny. <laughs> you like, nigga, it's really not. I just made this clip. Like, we, we, we had a basement fest. And I asked everybody, I'm like, how's y'all mental health? Y'all mental health good? And everybody just starts laughing. And it, it, they laugh for like 10, 15 seconds. I was like, y'all ain't saying nothing. I said, I said, look, look at y'all laughing at y'all trauma. That's why we all fucked up. <laughs> like, nigga, oh, that's hilarious. It, 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 and then I was, I was, uh, I was on tweet the other day too. Like, bro, I'm around some, I'm around a lot of people who make it so easy to laugh at my, like, at our trauma, and it's just like, uh, it's hard to get, it's hard to get away from that shit. Mm-hmm. Well, but I mean, I, and it's, it, I feel like I don't mean to cut you off, but I feel like that's the mentality that still has us. In the space that we're in right now, like, well, well, we gonna make it because you know, any day now it's part of the struggle. Like, we in the struggle, so you know, we doing it, and it's just like, man, I don't need to have problems to be funny. A nigga funny. is funny. <laughs> a nigga's funny. funny yeah. Can a nigga just be funny. funny without having like I got plenty of problems that I can talk about, but do I need yeah. them to avalanche? Do I need nope. them? Do I need to man? Nope, you don't. You sure don't. I mean, it's just like, well, that's when you look at like uh, entertainment industry works like any other, you know, system. <laughs> like it just looks like fun or whatever. So when you look at any other system in America, it's not built for black people to thrive in. So of course we have to do way more to get in. Like I mean, just look at the black people who we grew up like watching, bro. Like Jamie Foxx and Will Smith and Denzel and Halle Berry. Like those people are like amazing bro and so but then you also have to think think of all the black people that came up with them they were probably like a little less talented than them the niggas is probably just like dead or some shit mm-hmm. like Real there's out there that's like just as good of an actor as like who's like a white actor that's had a long career that's like fine Jessica Joseph Gordon-Levis <laughs> yeah, like, yeah like Joseph like, like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he's not a bad actor, but he ain't great. Nah, he's good. He's fine. Right. Yeah, he's not he's legendary. Fine. But you can't like name a movie. You're like, bro, this is my favorite Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie. You know what I'm saying? But he's had a career exactly. for a long time. Black people don't yeah. get to do that. <laughs> like, you gotta yeah. be a, you gotta get to be amazing, or they tell you get your black ass out of here. That's what you have to do. So you probably had some niggas that open mics with Jamie Foxx being like, well, I might as well just go home. He getting the black spot, not me. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go work. I'm gonna go work at Like, damn, this nigga played a piano too. Shit. Like, <laughs> Jamie Fox probably made so many niggas quit. Like, <laughs> it's because like, dude, like I, it's, you turn on the TV every day and be like, I'm better than this nigga. Who is this? Every and when, day. When I say nigga, I mean like a white person. And because like, oh, yeah. I had a friend come over and they played this like comedy special that came out this year. And I have to say they played it at our house and like it, they enjoyed it. So I just like let them play it or whatever. But like, <laughs> it, 
it was the worst thing I've ever seen. One of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. And my other roommate still gives them shit about like playing it in our house. Like that was disrespectful that you played that in our apartment. It was awful. I wasn't saying anything. I'm not, and I'm the comedian. <laughs> I know, but he's playing that in front of Niles. This is disrespectful. Yeah, that's what he said. And so it was awful, but I was like, but a network gave this white dude all this money to make this terrible thing, and he's like, not good. Yeah. And I, and I was just like, it's just, you can just be okay. That's like, it's funny. It's, it's almost funny in a sense. It's just like, but what am I supposed to do? Like, just keep posting clips? Like, eventually this shit is just going to be like, I don't feel like doing this no more. Eventually, I'm gonna rob a grocery store, nigga. Fuck it. No, for real. It's getting to that point. Really. Uh, nigga, I need a creamer for my coffee, nigga. I came to get it, nigga. Give me yeah. a shit. Yeah, uh, yeah, my bank account in the negative, bro. Christmas is expensive. Man, you know, um, Christmas. Marcus and I have talked about this before, but I feel like they, they almost want you to just be okay. Because it's easier to control someone that's mm-hmm. just fine. Because you, like, you be in you're meetings, like, like, oh my god, y'all are gonna give that to me? You're what? Exactly. Uh, and like I, people that really know they're really funny are like, no, fuck that, I'm not gonna take that deal. Or no, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. I don't need your help, so I'm gonna do this. So you gotta give me this much money. And they're like, let's just give it to people that are mediocre because they'll do uh, what we tell them to do. And the yeah. audience does. If the if it says Netflix comedy, the audience says that's comedy. They're funny. That shit is funny though, because like. A nigga that don't feel like he deserves something gonna be in there like all wide eyed like oh my gosh, they're they're giving me this and putting me on this. I'm like, so grateful, right? Because like I be in meetings just like looking at these niggas like okay, like they'll be talking about something. I'm like yeah, I've, I've done that already or I did that myself. Blah blah blah. And yeah. it's, it's it very much is definitely a different experience when you are self sufficient and know what you're doing. They definitely well, like, you, you have a you have a measurement of your value. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of people who, who are controllable, whether they're good or not, I don't think it goes back to that conversation that we're having, like the difference between, you know, like a, a, a certain rappers and like a MC or whatever, however you want to define it. But I think it's just like one that has a vision and one doesn't. They yeah. both have the skills. They both have right. the ability but the vision is different of how they want to, you know, progress and what they want to move and shit like that, what type of messages they want to put out. So I feel like it's the same shit in comedy to where you can get mediocre people or you can get people who can really tell jokes pretty good, but those are people who are going to be easily influenced. Oh, let me give you this writer. How about you tell this joke? Or how about you do this show over here? And, you know, you got to do this shit. Next thing you know, they're doing all this goofy shit. And yeah, they're getting paid, but it's not them. Not right. They're just doing whatever they're being told to do. Yep. And that's the thing. I think the industry looks at niggas like us and be like, well, we can't control these niggas. We can't tell them what to do. They ain't going to be what we want them to be. So we just go get their friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's go get the person behind them. <laughs> yeah. That's real. How long you been doing comedy? Two months? Ah, we got a job for you. <laughs> <laughs> I saw like this uh, reality TV star is doing stand up now. She's hasn't even been doing she hasn't even been doing stand up a whole year and already opened for like a huge. She opened for this huge comedian because that comedian was a fan of the reality show. Man, so, can we make comedy a real 
art before it becomes just the mockery version. It's like a no. mockery now. It's, it's it hasn't even got it's, it hasn't it's never got its full like just do as an art form. Yeah. And now we going into mockery parody shit. Yeah. You got all these UFC fighters doing comedy too. UFC fighters, reality football TV players, fans, nigga. Social media. Oh my gosh. It's it's just like it's bastardized, bro. And so like yes. to see somebody, to see somebody who's like who's achieved this height in stand up because they worked to get there and has been here for 20, 15, 20 years to then have somebody open for them that ain't done it for a year and they're popular from reality television. And it's just like, and they're a woman comedian too. So I'm just like, you already know how hard it is for other female comedians to make it. And you're going to give a spot to a reality TV star that just, just come on now. Like, See, it's it just is, like what are we doing? It's crazy because stand up might be the only art form that doesn't work, is not based on natural talent. Like, natural talent will help. It'll also absolutely help. But it, like, if you're good at painting, you're good at music, or you're a natural athlete, like those things, like you could just pick those up and figure it out. Like, the whole point with stand up, like, it can only be done in front of an audience and it has to be cultivated. Yep. So, only like, funny is funny, but stand up is not just funny, it's its own thing. Yeah. It's a it's an art form that you have to practice in front of people. I know a lot of funny people that aren't that great of stand up comics. Like they yeah. can like they can make it through yeah. a seven to ten minute set because they're funny, but they ain't gonna ever record a special or go on tour or anything like that. They're right. funny though. People people that act just happen to be good at rapping. Like Damian Lillard is like, oh, this dude can actually rap. He's a great basketball player. But like if he did a stand up set. You'd be like, all right, you got to take a year to learn how to do stand up. Like, rap might be something you can just kind of pick it up and figure it out. Like, but yeah. this nigga's been if you're, if you're naturally talented. Dave well, Dilly's probably been know. rapping most of his life. Most of niggas so actually practice rapping. It's just that's a, a good kid, point. You know, yeah. Like, and that's the thing. You can you can be funny. Obviously, you can be funny. You can be a funny kid. But being yeah. in front of thirty to fifty to a hundred to thousands of people, that's all. Timing, waiting to laugh. Skill set, like yeah. that's a that's a that's some shit you gotta build. Being naturally, be at, it ain't no family function. Yeah, it, telling the same stories every Christmas. You telling every you yeah know, like that shit. We see that shit like superhero movies. Like some niggas, they'll get these powers and like they'll have the powers, like they do all the shit. But then when it's time to actually control that shit, when you at your will, that shit it takes motherfucking practice. Because mm-hmm. like. I look like I look at like like that's what makes Eddie Murphy so great, not because he's just so funny, but because he got to do it at 15, and he wouldn't have even known to do that if Charlie hadn't have told him to go. Because like he was just yeah. doing Richard, he was doing a Richard Pryor impression around the house, and Charlie took him to an open mic and was like, "Do Richard Pryor up there." So he that's he wasn't crazy. even doing his own stand up yet, just did doing- and that's how a lot and that's how a lot of great people started back in those days. Who we idolize today. Yeah. People still doing that shit. Some not so great people yeah. are doing that shit. Right. You gotta because so like Eddie Murphy started off copying somebody, but at 15, right. he was able to go up there and try it out and do things and stuff like that. So I'm only They're thinking about like, if I was 15 and somebody had been like, nah, let's go say some of that stuff up there, it probably wouldn't have been good, but I would have got like I would have got it started practicing and got habits and things like that. So it's just like that's why you know I judge Dave Chappelle specials. Harder than any other comedian at a different scale because you, dude, you get to go on stage and close the club down whenever you want. Yeah. To. 
you yeah. can go on stage and like there's, Three hours. there's a there's a video on youtube of him doing four hours at a club in the uk i watched it yeah 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 yep. it's pretty good like every every five to ten minutes he has something that's like really really funny because he's just able to kind of talk it out most in fact 99 percent of comedians don't get to do that he gets to For do real. it so every special he puts out should be amazing how old is he because he started at 14 yeah like he's 45 50 he's, right? 50 he's almost been doing comedy for 40 years and he can go on stage like three four hours and he'll still put out a special that's i that's like yeah. so i'm just like no excuse yeah. if johnny Matt got three hours a night arthur got three be unstoppable night, if martin has got three hours a night yeah. It'll be statues tomorrow, nigga. I'd be like, yeah. you gotta take that down. It's all about access. And that's why, like, this nepotism conversation that's like dominated the internet for the past week oh, yeah. is so annoying because cool. white people are at the center of it. And that's the other yeah. thing. And I included this is like, I'd love to see a nep nepotism conversation that's had between people where nobody's white, nobody's famous, and nobody's rich. I don't like Jaden Smith is black. I don't want to know his opinion on nepotism. No, he is nepotism. I'm saying. Yeah. But and then the crazy thing is, even within black folks, though, it's still different. Yeah. So I posted, so I posted that damn joke. But that Smith, song Icon slaps. Like that's not him. a. He didn't like. He got talent. He inherited talent essentially. He did. And he's got like, genetic talent. Jaden still can't just walk up to a studio and be like, "I want to do this." Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's still different, but it's just kind of like from like a black person from Mississippi's perspective, I don't really want to hear a white person's perspective on nepotism because it's just kind of like your skin is nepotism. What are you talking about? Like, mm, of right. Course, like, there's right. people like, oh, I don't I don't really care about this whole nepotism thing. Let them do whatever they want. Of course you don't care because you see it just like white privilege. Well, I didn't I didn't ask for this. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't ask for a white person. People think nepotism is just mm -hmm. an entertainment. Like, no, nigga, that shit going everything. Your job, nigga, your school, mm -hmm. nigga. Mm -hmm. uh, money, money is like, money is a form of nepotism, essentially. Bro, prime example. Yeah. Accessibility. Accessibility. When I first moved to LA, bro, I was 20 years old. I was doing this internship at this production company. And so it was uh, three interns. It was me, this Asian dude from Emerson. Really talented guy. I need to catch up. I need to find that nigga and catch up with him. He's a really talented writer. And then there's this white dude from Chicago. And uh, we were all interns. The Asian dude went back to Emerson after a couple months. It was just me and the white dude. And so basically, the assistant at the time was going to leave because she was moving to New York. So basically, they just wanted to hire in-house and move one of the interns into the assistant role. And I'm thinking like, bro, that would be amazing. Like, I just moved to L.A., have a job making like $40,000 or whatever. That would be perfect. And I'm in an office where I just read scripts all day. I'll answer some phones. Let's do it. And so comes down to the end of the internship. They picked the white dude because he kind of came from money. His dad knew somebody up there, all this kind of stuff. That's all it is, yeah. And so my ass ended up homeless because I ain't got no job. So and then, then like a year and a half later, I'm, I'm doing better now. Me and Darren are living uh, in an apartment together. And I run into the white dude at a bar a year and a half later. And I go, hey, man, like, whatever happened? How the, how's the assistant? I'm thinking he's still the assistant up there. It's only been a year and a half. He's like, man, 
you know, about two months in, bro, I had to quit. It was just too stressful of a job. I wasn't eating. My. It was hard. Uh, it took everything in me not to take that Corona and smash it upside his head, bro. Because I remember just being so distraught and upset I didn't get that job because I needed it shit. so bad. That, shit. And this, that story hurts. And this nigga just gave it up because he, he stopped. What you he stop eating? I need to write a joke about it. I was like, I don't know. No black person. Stop eating. Stop <laughs> eating. You don't know no black stop. person that was? Say that again. Never stop stop eating. Chris. Stop like, eating because you can't afford food. This dude just stopped yeah, eating yeah. just because I stopped he eating too because so I was living in my car, nigga. Yeah, right. You guys both stopped eating. <laughs> yeah, we both stopped eating that year. And so I was just like, yeah. I was like, you quit? He's like, yeah, man. It was like being an assistant in Hollywood is real stressful. And I was like, well, yeah, that's like the nature of the business. What'd you get here for if you wasn't even ready for that? And I, and I think he like quit and like moved home. But that's they picked him, the dude who, who quit and moved home at the first sign of struggle. Over the 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 black and Asian people that worked at the office, I was just like, I already saw what kind of what it was. So I just quit with the whole office job stuff. And Bro, find reach out, to find that Asian dude to reach out. I bet he is killing it right now. He right I is. He went to, I bet he's killing it. I need to find that dude. He went to Emerson back then. Shout so. out, shout out Emerson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, bro. It, it's it's and nepotism is everywhere, bro. It, it's not just kid people's kids that become actors and stuff. Oh, no, it's like. Friend, family, friends, it's anywhere. It's anywhere. It's just George like, Bush. you look like me. You look like me, so I'm going to give you the opportunity. George That's Bush. Is That's funny. Yeah, George W. Bush is a nepotism president. What, what was George Bush's job before he was president? Uh, president's son, right? <laughs> uh, what did he do? That's a great question. He was never a senator or anything. Right? Families just run the country. That's crazy. Yeah. Kennedys and shit, yeah. So this shit is everywhere, bro. But we we want to focus on niggas that's in a couple movies each year, whatever. That's wild. They just want to put the same faces on over and over again, and that's why it's like if you, that's why the son of a famous person will get a role because they literally just they want to put the same face up, and he looks like the famous dude. It's a, it's like it's a, a sequel. sequel to that person. It's a sequel. It's a sequel to the celebrity. It's like that same mm -hmm. actor sequel. It's yeah, we've seen. We've seen another this face. Thing, we ain't ever seen you. Another thing with the black nepotism is that if it really doesn't fully work in the same capacity because black people still got to answer to white people. Yep. So mm -hmm. even like Jada Smith or any any black person, not even Jada Smith, but like any successful black person, like if nepotism was real for black people, we would have a black Hollywood. It would already like, be evident. It would we wouldn't even be having this conversation because there's been so many successful black people, not even in entertainment, just successful in other areas of activity to where those doors would have already naturally been open. Because you would have been bringing everybody in, you would have been bringing people in, shit would have been built up, <clears throat> we would have already had like resources and shit like that. It, it's already would have been accessible, but that's not the case. So it's not like uh, a Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle. Like, even though they are at that level to where they have money, they could probably put something together. They couldn't on themselves just say, oh, I'm bringing in all these niggas. Yeah. They would have to take them. They got to take all these niggas somewhere for them to get green lit. Yeah. Unless Deja Bell legitimately having us on the farm every day doing jokes, you know, it's like we he still has to answer to somebody in power. Mm -hmm. No, that's true. To, to give the green light. That's true.
at the end of the day. Because I mean, like, because we technically do have a Black Hollywood, and it's Tyler Perry Studios. And you, you, and like I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, they ain't never let no black person do that much in Hollywood before. You know why they letting Tyler do that shit? Oh, you know why? <laughs> I think it's ironic because he put a dress on. Was... What? No, it ain't because of the dress. No, it's it's, it's mediocre product. That re- yeah, that yeah, re- yeah. Re- exactly. That. Yeah, it's mediocre. It's, it's mediocre product, but makes a it's not mockery. a mediocre amount of it's money. It makes a crazy amount of money. If if Tyler Perry is making these movies that cost like eighty million dollars and he's being super particular with how he does it and he needs this big star here, no, nah, he pulling niggas off the street in Atlanta and shooting movies in three days. Yeah, they're gonna let him do that. Right. The return, right, the return on investment on Tyler Perry movies needs that needs to be like a whole study, bro. It's like it's McDonald's of movies, basically. It's, it's like so fast much. food. It's fast food movies. Mm-hmm. And like you can go on like. Uh, What's the what's the website where you do like reviews for like a job or whatever? Like if you work somewhere, I think it's called like Glassdoor or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you ever have some time, look up Tyler Perry Studios on Glassdoor and just read what some of these people that work on set have to say. It is hilarious, bro. This nigga got people up there for 16, 18 hours breaking like union codes and all yeah. this shit, bro. It's crazy. People be falling asleep on set because they've been up there all night. It's the it's <laughs> it's really like he be cutting a lot of corners, bro. And like that's why he don't have writers because you don't have to pay for you don't have to pay nobody. That's why that Atlanta right. episode about him is the funniest shit. That shit's crazy. And so yeah, if you want to have some big studio, that's probably what you got to do is just have a bunch of return on investment. But because like. I watched the movie. I've been watching this movie today called Babylon. That's like this huge, like epic, and it costs like eighty million dollars, and it's only in theaters. I don't think it's going. It's a good movie. I like it, but I don't think it's going to have like a big return on investment though, because it's not. It's not really the type right. of movie appeals to the masses, and then people aren't going yeah. to the theaters like that anymore. But they'll let white people make those kind of movies though. They like a black woman can't make a three-hour epic movie. Right, a lot of those jokes. No, no, are, a lot of those... the last black woman's three-hour epic movie. What was that? The Matrix. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> they said, "Give me that. We'll take Terminator too. We'll take it all." Shit. Dog, that is one of the craziest conspiracy theories, bro. Because What's that one? That the the Matrix and Terminator were in the same universe, and it was written as a book by a black woman. Mm-hmm. I bet it was. I bet it was. Yeah, that's like mm-hmm. a conspiracy theory online. I believe that shit. That's crazy. I think it was I don't supposed know. to be like a coming. It's supposed to be like a a remix of like a coming to age, like the hero's journey of like the Jesus story and shit. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like it is. Yeah, it's supposed it to be like a futuristic play on like you know the one yeah. of Jesus. Yeah, but it was also like, like that. Because like that's why like the Matrix sequels. Yeah. Those are just like blockbuster bullshit craziness. Last Matrix was so fucking terrible. I didn't even watch the new one. The new one one was terrible. What the fuck? What kind of bullshit is weird? Yeah, Yeah. I didn't like it. It almost almost seems like a different person wrote all the sequels. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like a white person. 
that whole yeah. There's a there's a you can definitely go on, on a deep dive. I have because I have a friend that's like really into that conspiracy theory specifically, and I so he showed me a lot of stuff. It's a real deep dive on like whether they actually wrote that or not. How I mean, yeah. how often Sophia do we Stewart, see? I think is her name. Yeah. Oh yeah. How often do you? I mean, it happens all the time. You find out this invention that this white person invented, and then someone's like, "No, actually, this black person invented that." And then the white yeah. people stole. It. Like that happens over and over and over and over. over again. Again. And then, because like what they'll do is they'll make you feel crazy for thinking that in the moment, and then thirty years later, be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we stole that shit." Like everything, <laughs> like the toaster, the toilet, the toaster, plumbing, like all this shit, and it'd be like, "Yeah, actually, a black person came up with that." And the white people stole. That's what- Bro, that's that's another really- example of that black nepotism don't exist. You mean that we invented plumbing, traffic lights, nigga, all this shit, and we ain't got, we ain't got no access to none of it? <laughs> we built the railroad, right. but we don't own it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bro, that's crazy. Build the railroads and you get kicked off the train, nigga. What the hell? Right. Wow. I Right. If you jump the turnstile, they're going to put your black ass in jail. <laughs> 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 the niggas created trains. <laughs> <laughs> how black people create the traffic light but i can get a traffic ticket that don't make sense uh-huh. so i yeah. should be able to run at least a couple yellow lights yeah. Yeah. we gotta make it yellow light i can't run it we gotta make a sketch of like all the different decades of all these different inventions yeah. of black people invent, and then the white people just come and like that's a good idea hey guys i got a good idea exactly these niggas let us build the light, and it was like, well, if you run, I'm going to give you a ticket. <laughs> oh we can run it, though. We can run it. We can run it. Can. <laughs> I dare you. To I can run it. Oh, my God. That's so funny. Uh, that's that's why I like Marcus's joke about, like, if we all had superpowers, but there's still racism. Like, nigga, you know you can't yep. fly over Monica Boulevard. What's wrong? <laughs> it's so funny. You know you'd be scaring the white people over here. It's <laughs> like, if we really did have superpowers, like, our parents would definitely be telling that now, don't fly over there. Yeah. <laughs> don't fly on the west side. That shit is funny, bro. Oh, my gosh, that's funny as hell. <laughs> Because that's why I really do believe slaves created stand-up. I really do. I think so. Once you explained it to me, I was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's the only (laughs) explanation, bro. Because think about it. The, like, stand-up, stand-up, like, even take, like, like, look at Rodney Dangerfield, like, a lot of stand-up is is straight up just, like, complaining about your situation. Right. And, like, making light of some bullshit that happened to you. And so... Women couldn't talk in front of women back then. Couldn't talk into groups of people, so it wasn't white women that created it. And so yep. it only makes sense that some black people was doing it in secret, and then some white dude saw it by accident and was like, "Oh shoot, this is fire! I'm gonna take this." You think the niggas got scared? They're like, "Oh, oh shit!" He's like, "No, no, 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 no! Don't y'all ain't in trouble. Y'all keep doing what y'all doing." Right. Probably what happened was a white dude was sneaking in and watching it at night and he was in the back and one night he laughed too loud and all the niggas turned around. What was that? And then, oh, he had a, he had yeah. a paper back then. Because I remember, I think one of y'all said it in the group chat of like, why do you think these minstrel shows were like white people doing blackface to like recreate this form of right. entertainment? Because that's who they yeah. saw doing it first. Because I, 
that was kind of the building blocks for stand what we know as stand-up comedy was it was initial but was before Mitchell. that but what happened before that essentially you get you don't just get that from you don't just, just blackface no. like they, you're playing they a character that and you saw something you're trying to recreate right. something you already saw uh-huh. well you know they made and this is another thing too it, they could probably think that they own it because there was times to where they will make us entertain them yeah that's know, true. whether right. it's like singing dancing whether it was right. and there was this also element grace was telling me i think i told you guys before but uh she was explaining how the concept of cakewalk you hear that especially like in the south you hear yeah. the concept yeah. of cakewalk cakewalk yeah. was the dance that they would make slaves do but the slaves would mock and mimic white people dancing right as a joke for them but mm-hmm. it was in terms for cake they would pay slaves to dance in cake but the slaves as a joke on the slave master will imitate the way that white people dance exactly right. and yeah, that wow. was you can't tell me that that's not a starting element of stand-up and just like what is funny because now yeah like the slave is obviously the the common denominator of what's going on but he's in turn made it to where the slave master is now the epitome of the joke yeah i'm gonna sit here and dance but i'm gonna dance like you exactly and so, but yeah. they don't even know, they don't even know it's a joke. And so right, it's, right. They're like, no, oh, good job, good. Uh. had to be the funniest people on earth, bro, to survive that. They had to be. There's like, there's no way they couldn't yeah. be the funniest people on earth. And so it's just like, that's where it had to have like had its origins. Because uh, just like, even with the cake wall shit, and then just like, they probably would just be around and kind of make fun of the families that owned them. Just like how niggas make fun of they they uh they uh bosses, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You make a boss in the break room. They was making fun of the slave masters and because like part of like me and my mom was talking about down here in the south. Technically, if you really look at it, bro, the south has never recovered from the Civil War because once uh once Lincoln got killed and then the next president came in, like he didn't care about the south at all, white or black. Mm-hmm. So. Like if your family was rich at that time in the South, they might still be rich. If your family was poor in the South at that time, they still poor. And so at the time you had a few white families that were like up here that were really rich that owned the plantations. And the way they got white people to work for them, they gave those white people power instead of money. So you think it was a rich white man out there cracking the whip? No, that was poor white people out there cracking the whip. Right. Because they and so that's how they made that's how rich who do you think were the first police officers those are probably poor white people exactly so the rich white man realized oh i can make the poor white man feel good and be on my side even though i'm fucking him over if i give him a little power so the slaves was probably like making fun of them at night like this white dude think he really something because he got a whip when it's a whole another white man way have way more money than him they was probably making fun of these people probably being like master don't even know little joe fucking his wife he don't even know like that shit like bro (laughs) You know they was cracking jokes like that. They they yeah, had to. Yeah. And so I just feel like they was probably the funniest niggas in the world. Like Dave Chappelle, Richard Pryor could never do a set as funny as probably them niggas, bro. Like for real, for real. And it's it is it's it's kind of like weirdly daunting and fucked up because it goes back to the conversation that we're having in earlier about like having the struggle to make it in this art form you know to do it in this shit and it's like right 
Oh my gosh. I wish it wasn't comedy, that. Comedy but you know, though. man, there had to be some crazy ass jokes around the slavery time. Had to be. And then and then it's upsetting because the problem, the problem is when black people create something culturally, we don't ever have the resources or the foundation to properly monetize off of it. So you look at a Netflix, right? A black person can't have a Netflix because you don't have the money to make something like that. So Netflix starts off as selling DVDs by mail and then they become a streaming service. And because they have the infrastructure to be a streaming service, now they're the authority on comedy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Nobody else there knows anything and done anything in comedy, but no. they the authority on comedy just because they're the, they main, got- for, they're oh, the no. main form of media right now. Yeah. Right. The so mic. Get- get- my bad. Go ahead. Who mic? My mic. No, I said it, it, the mic. The mics are like cut out. It's different from when we do the podcast because the yeah. program will like dip somebody's audio if wants somebody. Uh, oops. But yeah, I'm just. But yeah, it's just like for the fact that slaves probably created stand up, and black people created every genre of modern music in America, but we don't have no Netflix or no label or nothing like that because we didn't have the foundation and the money to create something to monetize or something we just created. So you so it's almost to the point where in a in a way the entertainment industry and, should have a reparation where like if you a funny black comedian you should just get a special off rip cuz you part of the culture that created this shit. Right. Right. And in a way it's like even when we were building things there was there are examples of black people putting up successful infrastructures but they were destroyed. Exactly. They were taken down. That, that's that's the other thing. It's like when black people do come together and build something, it just gets torn down. So it's almost like, so what's the point? <laughs> Man. Cause like black wall street. I think is always- there's like we can look it up on, on, on a minute, but I think I just came across something. There's like over 81 black cities that are underwater that the state what? like purposely drown to either build like a reservoir or yeah, a lake or to like put new housing in, a, in America, there, like a park, some bullshit. Even Central Park, Central Park is like that. Central Park was like a black area yeah. before it turned yeah. into a park. Yep, yep, it was. They ripped it up so like, park there. Yeah, there's so many places where we had infrastructure, where we had neighborhoods, where we were building things and our interest just completely gets fucking destroyed no matter what we have an interest in and we focus about it gets offset and that's like how you know if people got power or not because they can fucking offset your interest huh i was just saying so central park was like a black community at first yes yeah yes it was a black neighborhood it's a black neighborhood and they they like ripped up they put a park there they knocked down the houses they kicked everyone out knocked down the houses there's hella places like that there's place there's a there's a I think even the, I think the Chattanooga in Atlanta is like that too, where it was like a black village, a black neighborhood, and the city came in and just over flooded it to make a, a a lake or a river or some shit. It's stupid shit like that, bro. Like, man, yeah, bro, it's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, it's like even when you do play to play by the rules. Yo, do you think? Um... Do you think that means Atlantis was like the real Wakanda? That's funny. That probably that's probably where they like people got that from. Is like 
these towns underwater and they just thought of yeah. some kind of old thing. Like, no. so people still believe in Atlantis today but it was like a utopia yeah. city that right. was drowned underwater right maybe that was like maybe that was a Wakanda type of place mm. it was all black all black utopia because like i live so like i live on a reservoir my, well my parents live on a reservoir in mississippi and it's named after ross barnett he was like this like super racist dude back yeah. in the day i wonder if this reservoir because reservoirs are just like man-created lakes basically right yeah i think i think so. yeah i wouldn't be yeah, surprised so i just found a list of five cities so oscarville in georgia which is where they have lake lanier Ooh. Black people Whoa. drown in that river every year. Is that where that Atlanta, that lake in Atlanta yeah. with the haunted? That's that scary ass lake that people keep drowning in. Yeah. Every year. So what happened was in like 1912, more than a thousand residents were forced to flee after a false allegation of rape. This dude Rob Edwards was arrested in 1912 along with Ernest Knox and this other guy, Oscar Daniel, all teenagers, all teenagers accused of raping and murdering a young white woman. Mm. So they dragged this dude out of jail, Edward, beat him with a crowbar, lynched him from the telephone phone, telephone. Dave, Daniel and Knox went to trial. They were found guilty on the same day. The boys were sentenced by, to death by hanging. After the trials, the white men known as the Night Riders, which is probably like an offshoot of KKK, forced yeah. the black families out of their churches and schools. And once all the black families fled later that year, they built it and turned it into a lake. Wow. On top of burning down part of the village. Man, what year was this? 1912. Sheesh. Man. There's another spot in Alabama, Lake Martin. It was a majority black town. First black owned railroad started by William E. Benson in the black school and a black school of industry and institution was started there. You know what's fucked up? My first thought was like, well, that nigga was doing too much. You had a railroad and a school, nigga, pick one. What you do? <laughs> White folks well, get you. They killed this nigga and uh, they destroyed his school. And they, yeah, they basically took the rights from the railroad. Seneca Village. Okay, that's the one. That's Central Park. Seneca Village in New York City in 1825. Wow. It spanned from 82nd Street to 89th Street. And it was the western edge of Central Park known as right in New York City. It was 1840s. And now half of African Americans who live there own their own property at a rate flat uh, at a rate five times higher than the city average. Damn. And now but these niggas have bread. The apartments around Central Park are so expensive, bro. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like a I'm talking like a couple hundred thousand a month. Yep. Like it's only yep. super it's like, that's probably the richest Dude. part of the city. This shit is so sad. This is 1840s. They said the only thing now that's left there is just a commemorative plaque that got dedicated in 2001. Oh my god. That's gross. Shit depressing. 
Yeah, because it, it's like and that, and that was a, and the, that's the thing is like those type of examples, like actual physical examples, are never brought up in the like the reparations conversation mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. like if those towns are left alone and able to thrive, who knows what kind of infrastructure black people now have in this country? Black people could have had some ne- some like valuable nepotism, right? Our because it's tell me shit exactly because like. You know, just from a simple town, dude owns a railroad and has his own school. Some kid goes to that school, but is some genius and then goes and does something. That's just like one example. Yeah. He could build, he could start his own railroad business and then go around the country building railroads. Exactly. Even ma- maintenancing railroads, you know. Right. So if black people are always having to scramble to pick up the pieces, you're never able to like have a foundation to inspire the next person to come. No, niggas got to start over all the time. Right. And that's why I get upset with like the Chris Rocks and the Dave Chappelle's and stuff like that because I just feel like the like the older generation and stand up and like as far as black people go the one thing they failed at was like leaving the door open behind them and like creating foundation for like black comedians to come and now thrive yeah, these like there's, there's nowhere you can go as a black stand up comic that's a space for you and be like oh this is where I go to like get to the next level yeah. you don't have that no them niggas are greedy, selfish. A lot of them, not just those two. A lot of these niggas, yeah, they or they just straight up don't care. They just don't mm-hmm. give a fuck. And and it, just in our culture, man, like I was telling somebody this other day, like uh, the people, the black people before us, like our you know family members and shit, it's just ingrained in us to figure it out on your own. You have to struggle. You have to, like, I'm not supposed to help you. I'm not going to. Nobody help me. I'm not going to help you, nigga. And I know it's hard. And I know it's hard. And they really, and, and a lot of black people think we're on the same playing field as they were. Nigga, we are not. No. At all. Yeah, but that's how, like, my brothers, my brother and sister are like that, too. Like, man, you can do it. I did it. You can do it. I'm like, it's not the same out here where it was when you was doing it. You trying to it tell me how to you, know, you you giving me uh, uh cooking instructions for steak, nigga. When I'm I'm cooking fish, nigga, it's different. It's I only had the ingredients. They had ingredients. All the cows are dead now. Literally. How are you gonna make steak? You gotta create a cow for yourself first. Because the thing and the and the thing is, and I this is the th- this is a theory I have, it's gonna take a rapper. To save stand-up comedy again, like Russell Simmons and I, you know Russell Simmons, terrible person and shit, but the nigga did create Def Jam and then Ice Cube put all those niggas in those movies, and so like Russell Simmons and Ice Cube kind of like saved black stand-up comedy in the '90s because like after Eddie Murphy got famous, the industry was kind of like if y'all niggas ain't Eddie Murphy, we don't care no more. Yeah. And so until but then when Def Jam and Friday and all these other like hood movies came out that's when, like, other black stand-up comedians got their shot. Because, like, Bernie Mac had been killing for, like, 15 years, bro. Mm-hmm. And then did one Def Jam set in Friday, and then all of, all of a sudden was a star. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, it's going to take a rapper that's, like, on Ice Cube's level in the 90s to basically be like, all right, well, let me create the infrastructure because music, it's a, it's kind of, I wouldn't say it's easier to make it, but it's a, it's a, it's kind of an easier industry to kind of, like, um, Spread, spread your art. Yeah. Because and for, for black music, as far as rap, you gotta have black rappers. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Or and you gotta it, have new young rap. You gotta have new young rappers. That's a difference. But comedy really push new young people. The way comedy works, they don't need us niggas. They only need one or two. 
Mm-hmm. You can be a comedian forever. You can't be a rapper forever. Rappers, bro, like even the ones we love, dog, like as far as really good music and them being hot, it's a good five to seven years, dog. Like that's it. And so they have to keep trying out rappers. They all start first. acting. <laughs> they all start acting. Yeah. Are they They're doing uh, whatever Snoop Dogg's doing, reality TV and stuff. Exactly. But- this the hood version. But it's really scary to think though, if there's no Def Jam era, what even happens to black stand-up? That's crazy. Yeah, think about it. Most people that's most people that's that's all when they think when you say black stand-up, most people would only think of Def Jam. And and Russell Simmons and them had to like, like they had to fight to get that shit on TV, bro. Yeah, and they then, did. And it made them so much money. They were like, "Oh, keep doing this." And that's why Def Jam kind of like went a little too long than it should have been. Yes, man. Uh, no. Yeah. Uh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I feel that. So I'm I'm at, at my parents' house, but um. Yeah, I heard you on your yeah, man. Nigga. He was on his manner shit. I ain't heard him say yes. yes, ma'am in years. I ain't heard that nigga. I cleaned it up. I cleaned it up right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you almost do. You almost done doing your little video. Okay, but when you done, that room better be clean. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. That's so no, ma'am. no, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. You you here, cousin? No, ma'am. No, ma'am. <laughs> we talking about black black places that got turned into the. Right. There was, there was, it's just like when Debo leave. I'll be talking. I'll be cussing again. I'll be cussing again. <laughs> <laughs> when they're around, when mama around, I'll be talking clean. <laughs> when she gone, I'll be cussing. cussing again. I'll be cussing again. That's hilarious. Because, like, no, it's just like, no, Eddie, that's why Eddie Murphy had to make Boomerang, bro, because he realized, like, oh, I broke this shit. Oh. Like, because. They legit was just like, what's the point of putting the way white people saw it? It's like, what's the point of putting any other black person on TV or in a movie? We have Eddie Murphy. Yeah, we got one. But they don't look, at, but they didn't look at Chevy Chase like that and Robin Williams like that and all these other white dudes. No, they looked at them as just family. Come on exactly. in. We need more. We need fact, more. Robin Williams was so good, he got a bunch of white dudes' careers that weren't good because they just kind of felt wacky like him. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, look at all the white comedians, all these white boy comedians over the last twenty years that aren't good, but are kind of like off high energy. Well, just like you know, high energy and shit. Oh yeah, the Seinfeld that's... shit for sure. And Seinfeld wasn't even that great. Yeah, you, it's very predictable. Yeah, he was just the but, corniest one of the corny era. He was the corny right. god. But he created a whole lane that it, there was white dudes that just kind of like, if they kind of were like him, they got on. Bro, how many of these people got these fucking sitcoms from like Tim Allen and Home Improvement and Seinfeld? Like, there's so many of these random sitcoms and uh, everybody loves Raymond. I mean, they, they're giving them out like hotcakes at the time. Yeah. You, you can't get on for being like Eddie Murphy because they'll just say, well, we already have Eddie Murphy. Right. right. And then... But- we will let you host Chocolate Sundays if you sound like Mike Epps. <laughs> oh, shit. This shit is so real. Yeah. Bro, what I've noticed with, like, 
what I've noticed with niggas that have a lot of followers that do stand up, bro, they either sound a lot like Chris Tucker or a lot like Mike Epps because those were the two black guys that were really popular when we were kids. Mm-hmm. So if you, so yeah, because it's like voices like ours, people haven't seen it yet. And it's not like people don't talk like us, it's just like you haven't seen comedy in its fullness of what it could be. So people got to watch your special and the shit that we do and come to our shows and be like, man, that was different. That was interesting. Oh, man, I like the way you did your comedy. Da, 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 da. And it's like, why? Because I wasn't coming out here with the ha-ha! And ha yeah. Because we, 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 yeah, we ain't mass produced. No. Because like, so like when we did our show. Kind of like almost acquainted to like what could be our type of comedy. When we did our show in Denver, right? I had some people hit me up later, like, that was like, I've never, your friends you brought from LA, like, I've never seen anything like, like that, like, how y'all did it, or whatever. And it's just because, like, whatever they're being fed on the main stream or whatever, there's nothing to compare your voice to. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. for Hollywood... Which is, what, which is what originality is. Exactly. But for Hollywood, this originality scares them. Yeah. So that they need to be able to like place you in. Well, we've done this before and it worked. Yeah. When, What's familiar? Yeah. And then where they don't even think the box they're trying to put you in didn't exist until the nigga created that box that came before you. Right. Who they didn't want to let yep. in before. So the nigga they trying to make you be like. Yep. He was he was different. And so I was I was like, what like what are y'all doing? And honestly, yeah, I don't even know, I don't even know if they realize they're doing it though. Because when that's and that's why really the root of the conversation is like art has to be pulled out of this thing where the main focus is to make money, because then you make decisions, you make decisions based on how can we make money off of this instead of is it good or not. And so that's why why originality doesn't win usually because like they want to make money off something they've already made before which usually was an original idea when it first came out. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why Star Wars is crazy to me, bro. They didn't want to make that. And right. now it's all they make. They're telling, bro, they're telling people, agents are telling people to come up with their own story within the Star Wars universe so they can go sell a show. Oh, man. <laughs> They're telling people a Star Wars character that don't have a show and create it and they'll let you make it. That's what they're telling people now. But in 1976, George Lucas couldn't, he barely got the movie made. Because they was telling him this is weird and we don't get it. And now it's all they I think that's all they get. Exactly. I think about Jordan Peele all the time. I mean, he's he's dope, obviously, but like one black dude made a horror film, highest grossing of all time. They're like, oh, a black dude made a great horror film? Let's let that one individual person make all the horror films for black people. Instead of, let who else? Who else wants to make one? Exactly. It's insane. That's And that's why, like, you know, the internet continues to win because the internet is where you can find originality if you look hard enough. Yeah. That's true. But, but the thing is, that shit don't pay. It don't pay because once again, here we are farming on plantations that we don't own. Yeah, we don't have none of the. We don't get none of the percentage. We got none, none of make none of the profits. 
Like, yeah. if we're going to be building something and putting our artistry into something, we need to have half of the brand. Yeah. I need a percentage of whatever's going on in this bitch if I'm going to be in here building this shit up. You know, it's wild. They make you feel crazy if you ask for something like that. Mm-hmm. Y'all wasn't doing shit. Exactly. This shit wasn't hot until we came over here and made it hot. For real. That's why I'm just, I'm tired of these talented people performing at these clubs, bro, and getting paid like $10, $15 a spot. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That's, that's That shit keeps me up at night. You can't even sell merch at these bitches. They not, they not having Nigga, I got paid $10. I got $10 for that improv spot. The yep. most fun I probably had on stage, other than doing the shit that we've been doing, that was one of the most fun times I had. I got $10. I can't even get a drink at the improv. Nope. Well, yep, I'm, yep, same. That's why we run hard. And did a W two, did a W two for it. Yeah, you got the W two for ten dollars. <laughs> now that's now that's comedy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's give, exactly, exactly. That's the comedy right there. I'm giving y'all niggas my social for ten dollars. That's why we doing our own shit. February I'm gonna 16th. have to start charging niggas for laughs, nigga. I'm just talking to the audience, no. nigga. If you laugh, nigga, that's a quarter, nigga. <laughs> put, on stage, put a quarter on stage. <laughs> I, wanna, I'm, I want a dollar each laugh, nigga. And before I start, I'm gonna have my QR code for my memo, nigga. Scan it, scan it. Get ready, nigga. Because I just got an email. Well, it's really um, the club that needs to be paying. For the, for the festival in Portland, we can bring merch to sell. Hell yeah. They said, they said we don't want to get it in the way of y'all getting y'all bag. So if you want to bring merch to sell, you can. So y'all come to our show in Portland on February 16th and 17th. We we should uh hopefully we, maybe we could bring some pieces or something. Yeah. I mean, we should just make it, you know, going into the next year, pray to God we just have merch at all our shows cuz I know people are going to want going to want merch. We like, should definitely do posters cuz posters are easy and we don't have to like worry about storage. Yeah. I think people will like that cuz then we could just sign them right after the show and stuff. Easy, yep. And I'm super hyped for Seattle too, February 18th. Yeah, it's going down. Me too. We thought, I'm we thought after party. Seattle, we thought an after party for my birthday after the show. Hell yeah. Since we it's got going down, days. if you're in Seattle or if you're in Portland or if you're in anywhere neighboring surrounding Seattle or Portland, pull up. Yeah, both of them. yeah if you're in Vancouver, <laughs> if you're in Vancouver, come across the border. Hell yeah. Pull up. We're going to have merch. We do a now uh, party out there in Seattle. We're going to have a party in this bitch. We're getting it in. It's going down, man. Like the homie, um, Real J Fitty, he's yeah. out there. He set it up. He does music. So he'll be out there performing. He watches the podcast. Shout out to J Fitty. But um, yeah. yeah, man, it's going to be a real good vibe in Seattle. Then we hitting, what, McKinney? Yeah, we, we hit Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. We Dallas in May. Working on some other stuff. Chicago in March, Arizona. Yep. Oops. Stay tuned. We gonna have to drop a a picture of like with all our dates on it for the year. Yeah, a, I want to do that. Like maybe like mid January, we could drop yeah. like a thing to show everybody where we're gonna be at. Cause yeah, I'm, bro, I'm I'm excited for these y'all had to be here live shows for next year, bro. That shit is gonna be me woo. too. Can't me too. If y'all, by the grace of God. If we can just survive between now and when these shows start rolling, because I don't know what's going to happen between this gap. <laughs> this gap is, 
I'm coming home. I'm coming. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. All right. But this gap, this gap is weird. Trying to make some shit happen. Yeah. I haven't enjoyed this because like we did New York in November, right? I have not enjoyed this like November, December gap. Nigga, as soon as I got back, nigga, my life. (laughs) I was was watching this movie, The Black Adam, and I forget the uh the hero's name, but he like when he touches his helmet. He could like see people's future if he, if he touches. Yeah, them. I saw that. Yeah, from like from like now to till we go to Portland. I don't even know if I see myself, nigga, doing. It. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Bro, I just been. I, it felt like I just been in limbo, bro. This whole like this whole like last two months. I hate this shit, man. I ain't got no job. I'm just watching niggas live my dream. It's fun for real. <laughs> For real. For real. But it's just, not looking good. But it's just like it's like, but every time I look at like, oh, but we're gonna be in Portland in February, I just get hype again. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Especially and then Chicago in March. Oh my god. Oh, that shit gonna go crazy. We yeah. gotta figure that shit gonna go crazy. Somebody somebody hit me up. The we got some special guests that might want to come with us from LA. We gonna be in St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, yeah, but bung- bungalow was collect was talking about. Uh-oh. We might as well come oh, to Chicago. Shit. Uh-oh. Oh so shit! Uh oh. Yeah, we might really have that. Hey, rocket. Hey, I'm gonna bring. I'm bringing this to Chicago. Oh, you got to bro. <laughs> bring this. We going hard, bros. Yeah, because I want. I want to make some like green. Y'all had to be here, or some kind of y'all had to like Irish here type stuff to wear on stage, or like some kiss me yeah. out Irish. Because I think yeah. it'd be dope if we performed in green. I'm gonna put pass me, pass me your blunt. I'm Irish. <laughs> pass me your blunt. I'm Irish. That's funny. No, that's the shirt. <laughs> that's, that's what it should say. Pass me the blunt. I'm Irish. Pass and on me the, the blunt. I'm Irish. I like that. And on the back, let's just, yeah, we, let's make that. It's green. Yeah. That's funny. We can, sell, we can sell those at the show too. Pass me the hilarious. Pass me the blunt. I'm Irish on the front. YHTBH. <laughs> And then put St. Patty's Day 23, Chicago, Illinois on the back. So we can make it like That's a special. Funny. That's going to be fire. Shit, we going to run out of those. Yeah. That's funny. I seen That's- this dude. He had a hat. His mic cut out. I think that would be dope if we had some shit like that. Oh, what? Like a beanie, a beanie or a hat, like a uh, like a trucker hat, and it just says y'all. Oh yeah, no, we definitely need to have a hat that says yeah. y'all on it. That would be crazy. A trucker oh. hat would go crazy. You should do that. Yeah, we just gotta find out hats. who makes trucker y'all. hats. Yeah, I know a dude who does who makes all type of merch, like dope merch. Uh, Rock Samson connected me with him. I met him before. He's a cool, dude. Um, okay. Yeah, he, he could definitely do it. Let's definitely work cool. on that. If we could take some physical merch down, that would be really dope. I think people would definitely support, especially with us doing three shows in Chicago. Yeah. And trucker hats be done. Trucker hats and posters or in the shirt, too. But, you know, we just have to pick what, you, what we want to bring. We don't have to bring a whole bunch of each, like maybe like. Shit, twenty each. Yeah, that's the confusion. Yeah, I think that's how we should do it. We should just bring like a couple of each. 
Yeah, I love that. And then the posters, we could just order the order the posters somewhere in that city, so we don't have yeah. to. So that way, that hasn't doesn't have to worry about being like going through like transit and being worried about it uh, being damaged. And then we're working on uh, a secret LA show for next month in the Jan- for end of January to warm up for Portland. So be on the lookout for the oh. so yeah. Sign yeah. up, sign up on my email list. Oh, th- oh, thank you, thank you. Or sign up on the uh, like, y'all bless me with some weed right here. <laughs> this nigga, how you doing, Hannah? Merry, nice to meet you, Merry Christmas to Mark. Oh, no, no, yes. oh, no, yeah, I had to meet that nigga. He got that going on. Yeah, I was like, this nigga picking up on the podcast. Come on, bro. Uh-huh. But yeah, we working on a secret LA show for end of January. So be on the lookout for that because it's a secret. We're not gonna post that. No. So you gotta be on the email list or you just gotta know somebody. But uh we're gonna be doing a secret show to this is gonna be the practice right. show. Because we yeah, talking about yeah. practice, not the game. We're talking about practice. It's like a scrimmage. Yeah. So this this is like a beginning of the year, like tune up, warm up, see where we're at. And yeah. uh that's that I, I'm I'm kind of excited to do like the secret show. Uh me too. I'm setting one up in Chicago as well, cause uh, for for us, like we'll do the we'll do the regular y'all had to be here shows, and then I'm setting up like a secret show for the next night that you only know about if you hear about it. And I think that it's just like I feel like the the audience energy is different if it's a secret. Yeah, hell yeah. Cause you cause when you're in there, you're like, oh, everybody can't be a part of this. Yeah. I'm a part of something special right now, so. I think that'll be fun. And then I think we should like shoot the secret shows too as like put for content to put out. So people will be like, oh damn, I don't need to miss that no more. That's real. Cause you know in LA niggas gotta feel like they special to come to something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they call everything VIP just to get them to show. Right. Yep. If y'all gonna have a table there, oh, nigga. I need a section. I got I got this many followers on Instagram. I'm like, bro. So what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. What was like? This is the end of the year. Oh yeah, this is the last one for the year. What was like? Like y'all's favorite like movie or TV show of 2022? Movie. Movie or show that came out in 2022. Oh no! Oh, like from everything, everywhere, everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, that movie was I crazy. Didn't, I didn't finish that yet. What is that on? Actually, that's, I think it's on Showtime right now. I think oh, okay. it is streaming. Some, yeah, Showtime. That's. I think that's my favorite movie. Of the oh, year. Mushrooms! Yeah, watch that shit. You should. Bro, it's a, I watched it on Mushrooms. It's crazy. You should do that, Elliot. Bro. Yeah, everything everywhere all at once is definitely a movie. I'm like, that was amazing. This I wanted year. to see that. I haven't seen it yet. Please go check watch. it out. You, you missing out. Watch it's that. Fantastic. The woman, the woman king was amazing. Oh yeah, I definitely want to see that still. Uh, the show I'd that say, for shows, I'd say this fool for TV. Yeah. Oh. This this fool is probably my favorite 2022 show. I agree. This fool is definitely my favorite. Definitely my favorite, nigga. That shit make me feel like it's it's like it's like it's like when your grandma lay a warm blanket on you, man. It's like oh, thank you. I just seen him perform the other day. He smashed that shit. This nigga came out, so he comes out. 
he has an opener and he has these yeah. two other dudes and G King, right? Oh, nice. Yeah. But this nigga does three sets. And oh, different, different characters. characters. I saw that. So Hell yeah. an opener will come out and then he'll come out and he does it in different in different orders. One day he might just come out as a girl first. And yeah. he does bits as a girl for like 15 minutes, maybe 10 minutes. And then he goes out and then G King comes out and then he goes back and then he comes back as just Frankie, regular ass yeah. Frankie. He does That's his funny. shit. And then he goes back and then like another comic comes out. He smashes, does his shit. Then he comes back out like as Cholo, the fucking, uh, cool. you know, the trainer, the Cholo trainer, Cholo fit. Yeah. And he comes yeah. out and does that shit. And it's wow. just a cool little vibe. I'm like, man, that's dope. Shut up. But Frankie. he was up there. He was like, man, you know, they say it takes like 10 years to make this shit happen. It took me more like 16, but uh, that's right. <laughs> Damn. I was like, man, man, I get it, man. You, my, my brother that you connect me with, they went to high school together. Wow, nigga. Yes. Frankie went to high school with my brother Brandon and Jason. Because when I posted the picture, Brandon was like, oh, man, we went to school together. Da, 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 da. So, so when I met him, I was like, you know, Jason Relaford. He was like, hell yeah. Wow. wow. Man, that's what? You got to talk to man, G man. King, too, when that, at the show? You get, you get to talk to G King? Yeah, me and G King kicked it. We kicked it, bro. He was, he was happy, bro. He was. He was showing so much love. He was like, man, I seen that shit with the chocolate Sunday shit. Yeah. <laughs> Nigga, I, I talked to him like right before he left. I was like, bro, you're gonna have a good time in New York, man. He was loving it. He was selling merch. He was selling, bro. At first, he didn't think he didn't think he was gonna get these hats off. He had like 30 hats with him. And I was like, bro, you're gonna get them off. You don't, don't worry about it. Man, we're sitting there. I was in line with him. I'm like, get your G King hat, get your G King hat. Bro, he sold at least like 15 hats and it was going for $30, 20, $25. Good. good for him hell yeah great he deserved it so yeah we got to kick it i got to meet some of the other comics and shit i talked yeah. to frankie it was dope bro it was a cool little spot it was over at the sony the sony hall okay and it was a cool little theater but uh yeah man this food these niggas need 10 seasons man these niggas are putting on they're putting comics on jamar neighbors needs his own show really he do bro. he should have his own fucking sketch show bro Good jamar bro yeah, this this fool is a great show this year. I'm trying to think, what's a 2022 show that came out this year though? Like, you know what? Honestly, I'm gonna have to say, not that I liked it, but it definitely grabbed my attention. Fucking uh, the rehearsal. Oh yeah, that was a great 2022 show. Yeah, I still the gotta rehearsal. finish. I still gotta finish it though. I still gotta too. Your mind gotta be in a certain place for that shit. Bro. Yeah. Standing, no, that no. shit fucked me up. That, Yo. Show a, that show had a real impact on, on this year. What dude. was the show? Now this was this is a show I like. It was on Showtime. I don't think a lot of people seen it. I think Johnny might have seen it. What was the show about um the the fucking slave abolitionist? The white dude. And his boy, his his sons, they went to go kill all these white people because they yeah. were slaves. Uh, was it? it was Donnie, it? you know it. You know it. What's the guy's it name? John, it wasn't John Brown. Yeah, was it? it was John Brown. It was about John Brown. Because we wanted to make. Because Marks and I had a show idea about. We had that. a. We wrote. Oh, his phone died. I bet. His phone died. That's him. Marcus and I had a whole show. We like. I think we started the pilot about like John Brown and like this 
like a racist white senator that like hits his head and then starts seeing the ghost of John Brown and like John Brown like helps him like basically like run for sen like Senate under like a anti-racism platform, but it's like a comedy and also kind of a drum. Jeez. That's hilarious. But yeah, we want to have a whole thing where he's like sees his ghost, like some Christmas Carol type shit. No, that's cool. Yeah, I should ghost keep working Christmas past that shit. Ghost keep, keep working on that. That's anti-racism. Yeah. I was wondering when his phone was gonna die. To be honest, this nigga, this nigga could be on a Facetime call with uh, somebody important, nigga, and his phone probably would die. Right. That shit could be on TV too. He'd be on Oprah over Zoom. Uh, like Oprah, like Marcus. We want to. I want me and Stepman. We talked about it. We want to move you in. <laughs> we just need. <laughs> we need to move you in. I gotta send you some stuff so. Need to need some information for you. Boop. Gone, nigga. Hilarious. Hey, you know, I was thinking about too. I was like uh thinking about how how time has passed. Remember uh uh Mike, remember when Marcus told us that he got casted for 60 days in? Yeah. The time passed, that nigga would have that bag already, nigga. He would be you'd have it, he'd be out. Would he? Yeah, I'm in the middle of something. 60 days, right? Yeah, I think it started. That's over. That was I'll always, be honest, yeah, way more than two months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can wrap up. Yeah, we can wrap up. Well, Mark, hopefully, Marcus pop up. Yeah, it's the holiday. You know what I'm saying? They had nines. I was like, "Why are you in the room? Come out. Come be with." Hey, I got. This the thing though. Ain't talked to me the whole three days I didn't been here. But now that I'm doing something, now everybody want to talk to me. What you doing? <laughs> what you doing, Hollywood? Right. <laughs> Oh, oh, my bad. You in the meeting? My bad. My bad. All the family here, so now I need to go get drunk. So I can do uh, <laughs> all the whole family, nigga. Shit. Christmas nah, not the whole family. There's a few people here. Uh, yeah, my house is my house is full right now too. I know, cause you you got all the kids. Yeah, we got a big ass family. Damn, <laughs> like seventeen people now in my family. Yeesh. Nah, I think we yeah. got like. I think we got like eight or nine to ten, something like that. And then yeah, somebody yeah, broke, somebody yeah. broke and Noah's gonna be over here tomorrow, probably. Nigga, I hated that shit when the broke motherfuckers, like the broke motherfuckers that wasn't cool come over and like, oh, what's up, dude? Like niggas, it was annoying. <laughs> you do Christmas by yourself. Think about your actions. <laughs> huh, you be doing too much. That's <laughs> where you at. Then they, they be making like the stupid joke. Oh, nobody got a gift for me? No, because you don't live here, nigga. <laughs> yeah, you ain't in the family, nigga. They barely got me shit. Fuck you. Shit, no one. <laughs> oh, bro. Christmas with black people. Hilarious. And get, yeah. Getting older is, is funny because my mom would just like, it's, I've been home for a few days. She was like, hand me a pair of pants. Like, I found these at the store. I try them on. I'm like, you're supposed to wrap this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> She's just giving me all my shit before Christmas unwrapped. I'm, I'm like, God I'm damn. You even do gifts. I don't even like, I'm like, am I going? I'm a doubt I get a gift tomorrow, but it's just like, hey, I forgot about no, gifts. I get, like, I get one or two. Yeah. I might get like a shirt that I like. It's all clothes. Yeah. Oh, gifts. Uh, Clothes or clothes. I just cologne. want to open it. Right. That's like opening it. It's like it could be anything. I just want to open it. This this year made me realize like really, I don't I really don't like Christmas. I like Thanksgiving more because really like oh same. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. That's yeah, my but, favorite. But we did this, no obligation. This, was, this was the this was it was dope. That was yeah. dope. Because y'all know me, like I just don't like doing a lot of stuff. So like Christmas is just like too much. 
too much. Because uh, Larry David has said it in an interview, and he said it, it was like, oh, that's what I thought this whole time. It's like Larry David hates Christmas because he has a routine that he likes to do each week, and Christmas throws it all off because everybody is like gone and oh, whatever. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's why I don't like it. Cause I, I like have I like have how I do things, and then these holidays come up where and it just kind of throws everything off. Yeah, you just gotta stop. I just like I don't even know what to really do with myself. I'm just like here. Yeah, me too. I right. yeah, and then yeah. with all this shit going on, this transition, I'm just like right. Nigga, I was really I worked my ass off this year, man. And coming back from New York, I was like, man, I'm about to really I, I can afford to chill, like and sit still. And recollect my thoughts, but yeah, no, that ain't happening this year. I didn't, I didn't know how broke I was till we got back from New York Comedy Festival. I was like, wait, I'm broke. Yep. I need a job. I need a job. <sighs> <sighs> buy the merch. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> listening, buy some merch. Merch, shit. This the this the most depressing episode I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still funny. That's what's sad. Because we laughing at our trauma. <laughs> yeah. What else you gonna do with it? I'm about to post that clip. That shit funny. You did ask me. He's like, how's everybody in mental health? <laughs> Niggas just start laughing. Like, see, I think that shit funny. That's why you all fucked up. I'm a, my caption gonna be, I'm not doing well. <laughs> it's a beautiful life. Fuck this shit. <laughs> we sorry, y'all. It's gonna be. <laughs> hey, but that just Happy means the, show, the show's gonna be fire when y'all come to the shows. It is. Niggas, niggas got something to prove. <laughs> yeah. Like, why are these? Why are they so funny? <laughs> Hungry, literally. It's called, it's called spite, bitch. <laughs> That's well, I don't know if Marcus is going to come back. Oh, he's I not. Think, I think we, we should just we can wrap we up. Thank y'all. Y'all had to be here. Shit. Happy New Year, y'all. Uh-huh. Happy New Year, all that. Make it through this fucking, make it through this tough-ass time. Rest in peace, Boogie, man. Yeah, rest in peace, Boogie, for sure. Oh, man. Oh, great guy. I met I met him at the Portland Comedy Festival that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, great guy, really funny comedian. Sad to see him go. Yeah. So yeah, hug hug your friends and your and your loved ones tight this season. You know. Mm-hmm. Yes. So weird. It's a weird time of year for a lot of people. So. Yeah, man. So if nobody loves you, no, y'all had to be here. Loves you, and we here to make you laugh. Yeah. We also tell you some real shit because the world is not sweet. Oh, yep. But uh, see y'all. So next episode will be 2023. Yep. They're not going to be here for New Year's, right? Yeah, I get back. I get back in three days. We're throwing a party. Uh, I'm going to be, I got to take pictures at this party. I got to get this money. There you go, Marcus. I think the next episode, the two of y'all have to record it this year and it'll come out next year. That's funny. Yeah, we can yeah. do it. Yeah, everybody bye. Hey, my bad, man. Y'all have to be here. Zoom edition. <laughs> Merry Christmas. All that shit. Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. Happy holidays. I don't really care about that shit, but as long as you live in peacefully, I love you. 
Uh, <laughs> subscribe. Fuck what y'all have to be here. Share this shit with five other people. And if there's a town that you want us to come to, please, like, we can get this shit rocking in the backyard. It don't fucking matter. Please hit us up. And if you work at any company that got, like, real money to help with a comedy shows and some marketing, some sponsorship shit, like, if you work at a sock company, like, we'll wear some socks under, like, any deodorant. Sponsor us, man. Like, put us the fuck on. We doing cool ass shit. Support the cool movement. We got some real content, real comedy. We losing our minds out here, man. Support y'all have to be here. <laughs> <laughs> shit. All right. Happy fucking holidays, y'all. All right. Peace. Peace.